Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, a weekly look at the world of hockey with your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. I had a question, and it was kind of a lame question, but we needed a question, so I came up with a question. But we're 10 games into the season, so it's an appropriate question. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's better to do it now than like a month ago when everybody was doing it. So, who do you think is going to win the Stanley Cup this year? Or is Nashville, it too early to tell? No, Nashville Predators, because why not? The they're not off, wins. Yeah, go ahead, sorry, Pat. They're not off to the best start because, you know, the hottest team, you know, first couple weeks of the season never wins it. They are not in first place of their division. They're not in first place of their conference. But they're really freaking good this year thus far. And they haven't looked spectacular in the one four periods of action I've I've watched them. So uh you know using my uh my uh Crystal special <laughs> no 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 fancy computer programs mm. uh or random number generator uh yeah they're my pick because why not Patrick did you use Rand or S Rand? Um, <laughs> programming joke. <clears throat> programming joke. And you made him <laughs> choke. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I had to use my cough button for the first time. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go with the team that wins 16 games after the end of the season. Uh... Um. After 10, I can't tell you. After 20, I have a better idea. I don't disagree with Pat's assessment on the Predators. I would also... Uh, I, I, would, I would go Dark Horse and say, watch out for Carolina. Because if the way the playoff format... The stupid way the playoff format sits now, you could have a couple of top-tier teams beating up on each other and knocking, one, knocking the other one out in their early rounds while... Sometimes you get a favorable draw in your bracket. You're able to make it through on virtually unscathed. The Stanley Cup has been the the path to the Stanley Cup final has often been paved by um oh, how do I put this? Is is often is you know the road is often paved for some teams without them having to do much work. Now Yes, you do have to win the games that are in front of you, blah, 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 blah. But you can't tell me if you've played, you know, in the classic battle of Alberta where Calgary and Edmonton beat the living snot out of each other for seven games, and it goes to triple overtime, and three quarters of whatever team's roster is, you know, completely bruised, battered, and beaten all the daylights, and you come in fresh as a daisy, you got a better chance of winning. And you kind of often get a little road of gold. So Carolina could be sitting in that sweet spot. I I agree. I agree with that. That, um, I was going to go with something a little, someone a little more obvious, but I could see Carolina in the final with them. And that would be Colorado. Colorado. 
also another team I would not disagree with. But I have a weird feeling this year out of the West, it gonna be Vegas. Maybe. Certainly possible. I I think the East is gonna be easier to handicap, say after that twenty game mark, than the West will be. I think I think you can pretty much pick your playoff teams in the East. But I have a feeling, so I'm staring at my son, my seven-year-old son, because I hate predictions. I made him do my preseason predictions for the Section 328 blog. And he has the Canes winning, because Homer. But <laughs> he has the Canes beating the Dallas Stars in the final. This is why I hate predictions. But I, I'm looking at what he has, and it's kind of a... He has four teams from every division making the dance, and I could see that as completely feasible. So it throws the wild cards kind of up in air. Like mm-hmm. it could, you could see in each you know quadrant of the bracket, you know, four teams from the same division, and that could just throw a wrench. It doesn't give you that one easy round. I think every team needs or one. Instead of saying easy, but one that's just not a uh, a gauntlet or just a gong show. See, know? that's that's why I'm thinking the West over the East this year is because the West tends to be the playoffs. Some teams have, like Patrick was saying, has a have a more favorable road. But on the other hand, the East I think is going to beat up on each other, and I think that in the end is going to favor the West. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. T- uh huh. Like yeah. Saint, uh-huh. Saint St. Louis last year, they had. I, I guess you can say their easy series was over San Jose, but they played seven game series the rest of the time. Right. I mean, ultimately, whoever wins the Stanley Cup. The, the two things that they have to have go in their favor is how the bracket is set up and how healthy they are. Um, and Kent State. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and I mean, otherwise it's like injuries can, I mean, again, we're only 10 games in at this point of the recording, you know, recording this episode, but um you know, there's another 72 to go, and who knows who has the depth and who has, like, what kind of injuries teams are going to get down the road. Because they all overtrain. I mean, how many teams have players out for the first week of the of, uh, blah, 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 I can talk. First week of the season, <laughs> when there shouldn't have been any. <laughs> yeah. Well, but hockey is also a fast, freaky game. And last night's Pittsburgh Dallas Stars puck to the face festival was pretty much good proof of that. That's true. Um, but yes, I'm not going to disagree. They do overtrain and seemingly innocuous situations end up becoming, you know, two or three week injuries because they're wound so tight. Um, but you you said that you said the magic word, Cassie. Say the magic word, and the duck will appear. Um, depth. Yep. It's it's it, because you can't avoid injuries. 
you can't avoid Knox. You can't avoid this and that. So it's who's got the depth at those key roles. I mean, injuries, it, it comes down to when they happen and how severe they are to what player, you know. Um, if you can get your stars through the season having, you know, just dinged up here and there and having like a couple of days off then or a couple of games off, then you're in good shape. But, um, I mean, you know, the scare last night with Sidney Crosby getting hit in the head with the puck. So he could have been out. And then Malkin's out and there goes Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, and if, if McDavid and Drysaddle both get hurt, who's going to fill those 35 minutes a night that they play? Right. <laughs> But there's, but again, there. If it was like fourth liners that were getting dinged up and and out of the lineup, then that's not as big of an impact. It is an impact. It's not as big of one. I mean, Drysaddle's a robot, so they don't have to worry about him this year. This is true. I mean, <laughs> um, being being German, that's you know we love to build things that are automated and you know we over engineer them so <laughs> nothing in the world is ever over engineered never especially especially not by germans no. uh-huh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what do you, what Wait, do you mean this being how, how many nhl gms are of german descent <laughs> do we have an answer for that no <laughs> You're probably going to get more of it. You would likely have a better chance of getting an answer from me about who is the best left-handed goalie on Thursday nights when there's a full moon <laughs> playing, you know, away games in a Western time zone. I mean, I'm like half German, but my last name is Scottish. So you just don't know. <laughs> but. That's another story entirely. So yes, it is. And by the way, the answer to that question is was Theodore. But anyway, um... <laughs> <laughs> and thus why they will win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because how many games were played on Thursdays versus Saturdays and Sundays? Because primetime television in the U.S. Blah 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 blah. And and with full moons. I prefer um, new moons. That's okay. That uh, well. Six of one, half a dozen of the other thing. Um, all right. There's an elephant in the room. Go ahead. That's and, not and, a nice thing to call me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I thought he was clearly referring to me. <laughs> no, there's literally an elephant in my room right now. Um, <clears throat> staring at me. <laughs> Can't tell if it's... Anyway, um, the elephant... Mr. Friedman's report on uh, yes. Saturday, October 26th on the Hockey Night in Canada's. If, what was it, what was the phrasing? If necessary. If it becomes necessary. If it becomes necessary. The NHL is planning a women's league. They're going to white knight the whole deal. Which, which is why it's called the WNHL, the White Knight National Hockey League. Yep. Or the White Knight Hockey League, if you just spell knights without the K. Because the K is <laughs> You silly English knigots. Knigots. Um, <clears throat> uh-huh. Yeah. Please, you two, you two pontificate. Save me from myself. <laughs> so the only bit of new news was he mentioned by name or, or by number that 
they're eyeballing a six team league with at least two teams in Canada, which means arbitrary six markets. Very probably, yes. And technically, this would be an original six. (laughs) Would it? Yep, because it, well, for the WNHL, it would be well, then, six. Then I don't want to hear less Canadians. I don't want to hear Toronto Furies because those teams have existed. Um, and that just kind of that was my initial reaction to hearing that was they're just going to put it in the original markets, mainly because those markets can leech off their NHL clubs. Um, I presume there's decent enough practice facilities for these teams to play because they're not going to play in NHL buildings. Maybe AHL buildings nearby. So, you know, you can think uh, somewhere on in Bridgeport, New York, instead of, you know, on, you know, the island of Manhattan or, you know, Rockford. Yeah, Albany, somewhere just close enough, but they mm-hmm. can pull from, you know, the team's local regional TV deals, as well as, you know, you just tack it onto NHL.TV. Uh, you can find on MSG Network, and we're good. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, and it might be the right financial and business plan but it's kind of disheartening because I've been thinking a lot about the women's league and I thought wouldn't it be nice to go to unestablished professional markets but good sports markets nonetheless so what's a good minor league city to add this team into but it's basically put a team in Rochester to draw from the Buffalo Crowded. Wisconsin. There should be one in Wisconsin. 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 Yeah. So I I don't know. I'll be like like New York City, like Toronto needs another attraction. Yeah, but they have the money, like you said. I mean, if the NHL is is involved, then they're going to want their NHL teams to be the ones who run these things because NHL and uh, because that's the easiest way. That's the fastest way. That is the, um, the way to get things moving, you know, to like fuller buildings and exposure and blah, 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 marketing and whatnot. Um, And so you're going to, it's going to probably start out like an uh, NBA model with the WNBA where NBA teams sponsored women's teams. And so they all play in the same arenas, the you know, in the off season, of course, from the NBA. I would guess that would be the the scenario. So that's what I was gonna say is, <clears throat> this enters into this. How do they do this in such a way that it doesn't siphon revenue from the big team? You know, do they? And and then how do you coordinate? You know, if if and if if and if and they want to go do it, um, <laughs> if they want to have them play in the same facility at the same, you know, throughout some roughly the same type of season, that's going to put a tremendous strain on those facilities. Because as it stands now, you're booking, you know, 
a lot of the schedule makers have to sit there and dance around concerts and touring theater acts and whatever other stuff comes rolling through. Now you're going to take away 20 or 30 more dates out of that calendar at the same time of year for women's hockey. So, you know, it, at least if they move to the model, sort of like you were saying, Pat, where they have them play at a nearby smaller venue, um, I'm sure, you know, like a, like a junior or AHL level, they have a few more openings because you're only kicking out, you know, like B concert tours or the up and, you know, the, the newbie concert tour type thing. And those are easier to, those are easier to schedule around. And, you know, I don't know how many dark nights, like truly dark nights there are in some of the NHL arenas, but I'd hazard a guess they're few and far between. Yeah, I would think that they would be, um, they're probably going to go work off of the Buffalo model or the Boston model, which is basically the same thing where you have the women's teams play in the practice facilities of the NHL team because they usually have a lot of seating. So I was just at last week, I was just at the uh, Boston Pride game and they play on the same practice rink as, um, or the same, the, the practice rink of the, of the Boston Bruins. And there's about 600 seats in there um, and so I'm, I'm sure it turn out to be something like that instead because it just doesn't make any financial sense at all to like have women's games in NHL arenas. Um, not just from a revenue standpoint, but just like opening up the building and turning it on, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, not, not when you're looking, we're probably talking about 15 to 20 dates. In all yeah. likelihood. Yeah, and I mean, you're probably only going to pull in about, I mean, I was watching um, the Minnesota Whitecaps, which won the Isabel Cup last year, play Boston, who is the Boston Pride, who is currently leading the league in the standings. And it was the second game of a back-to-back, and they probably only had like 300, 350 people there. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I don't. I don't want them to play in arenas that are too small because then it uh, becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Almost that they can't grow the game, so to speak. But right. if they're packing, you know, if they start packing six hundred a night in Boston, they're now stuck, right? Because what are they going to do? Where they're going to, I mean, they're going to have to move facilities and then you risk at that point when you move the facility, losing 10 or 20% because that the facility they were in was logistically easier to get to. I, I don't know. There's so many little pitfall areas that they can run into. And and they will because this is the NHL. <laughs> and I hate, but you know, I'm gonna. I hate saying this. I really hate saying this. I don't believe they're dumb enough to paint themselves into such a tight corner that logistically and it becomes harder to grow the game. I don't know. It's gonna be a weird tap dance. 
It's going to be a very weird tap dance. Yeah, I, maybe they, I don't maybe think... They, Go ahead, sorry, Patrick. Maybe they, maybe, they, maybe they treat the NWHL like the WHA. And just, you know, roll in the a couple of teams from the markets that they were already looking at anyway and do a dispersal draft amongst them and the CWHL players and the NWHL players. Well, the, the women's, the PWHPA can roll back in and we look at the original six markets, arbitrary six marks. No, the, the term I think best describes it is the solvent six. And I think that's the key. Mm-hmm. Is putting teams in markets that they know they'll they'll have solvency, whether it's because of ownership, whether it's because of market interest and potential market growth. It's we need to put them where we know they're going to start creating a foundation, and then from that foundation we can expand to twelve teams. You know, again, if you follow the stupid NHL model, they'll sit around for forty years with six teams, and then they'll then they'll double it. And then they'll just go through an explosion. I hope not, but maybe they'll do like an MLS. They just start in and then sort of let a franchise come in just sort of like with drips every couple of years. You just sort of drip. There's a new franchise drip, just slow drips. I mean, they're going to have to do like it's going to plateau for a while because there's just not enough women for more than probably eight or ten teams. Yeah. Well, it was, just, it was the same in the men's game, right? Right. They, they spent all those years, and you got to see the best of the best of the best because there were only six teams to play for. And then the next thing you know, boom, you had doubled in size and you halved in talent. And they did it again later. You know, you doubled in size and halved in talent. And every time you do that, there's a dip in quality and and it takes a while to come back up. But you got to kind of go through that growing pain, I guess. And the other thing to take into consideration is the increase in the year. I think the, the thing that killed the NHL was the Europeans didn't start coming in really until the 70s. I think the the White Knight Hockey League won't have that same problem. Yeah, they already have Europeans and Asians playing yeah. in the NWHL. Exactly, and the quality of those players in those markets is already starting to rise to the Canadian and American women. You know, you, you think of some of the Finnish players and some of the Russians and the Swedes are start. You know, those the, they're starting to. And I hate saying this because it sounds it sounds degrading, but they're starting. You know, those those hockey federations are starting to take it seriously. They're starting to invest more in the women's side of their programs. So that's only going to increase that talent pool. You know, say in the next ten or so years. So, and, and you're seeing those national team players actually take you know take a stance just like the U.S. women. Like, yeah, it, if. There wasn't this gap year, or I'm not, I don't want to call it a boycott because that's not what it is. But if the league, if there was a strong enough league this season, you would have the entire Swedish national team roster available to you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Based based on some of their boycotts they have taken, 
and given the support of players in the NHLPA to those players like Lundqvist, like um, Mika Zibanejad, Landeskog, I mean, marquee marketable players. I mean, they would be making a killing this, this season. If, as you said, our white collar nights, I, I, I want to add an extra <laughs> syllable into it, but cause they're white collar nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could be taking full advantage and benefiting the women's game at the same time. So as you were describing, basically not running into the, the teams prop up, the NHL franchises prop up these new teams. It immediately got me thinking about the New York Liberty, a franchise that was owned by MSG has been a a team from day one in the WNBA, but that was put up for sale a couple of years ago by an owner who just does not know how to get out of his own way, at least with his uh, basketball franchise. And they went from playing in MSG to basically playing in a community center almost an hour away. And then we're just sold. Albeit to another NHL or NBA owner. But how how much of that do we want to see in the first five years where, you know. So, sorry, I'm getting distracted because I, I have uh, Oilers, uh, yeah. Panthers on in the background. <laughs> I see something happening to Mike Smith, and I'm just wondering, what the heck is he doing? Oh. This is oh, why you... I don't have hockey on me. I would not oh. be paying attention to anything you guys say and be like, oh, man. But this is the first full period of hockey I've watched in almost two weeks live. Uh, oh. live game, Live in-game update, Mike Smith is injured. And does yeah. does appear to be in some discomfort, but he managed and, to make it the full twenty minutes of the first period, yeah, without and, a blemish. And so did Bobrovsky. And by blemish, I mean goal. And by goal, I mean multiple goals because woof, because <laughs> he had a rough season. And boy, was he shaky and scattered, moving in his crease, just like I think some of the you know franchises should they be owned and operated by you know the big six NHL. Look at that. Look at that callback. Look at that callback. See what I did there? That is an A-plus tie-in callback transition. Yeah. Um, Your puck soup. Call me. I can write these for you. Yeah, (laughs) brother. Um, I don't know. Uh, See, here's the thing we haven't addressed, though. The elephant that's the elephant in the room. (laughs) The elephant tied to the elephant's tail. The baby (laughs) elephant, or actually, we were talking about the baby elephant. We weren't talking about the mama elephant. The mama elephant in the room is that the NHL is waiting for the NWHL to collapse before they do this. That's what it appears to be anyway. The way things were phrased... It looked like they were just waiting for the NWHL to collapse because the there was talk about, well, the NWHL would sell the league to the NHL. There was talk about that, but the NHL wasn't interested. So that there you go. That that phrasing was curious. 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 Um 
I did. Was it? I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't. He's so cold and calculating, and by he, I mean Batman, when mm-hmm. it comes to phrasing. Because obviously, as a lawyer, as a lawyer, it's all about phrasing. Mm-hmm. That You're I think. Snubbled out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think there's something else in there, and it w- it would take parsing of words, a lot more intense parsing of words, to find that hidden meaning. And it may, I don't know, it just doesn't strike me as, it's like, almost like it's putting pressure on the NWHL to make up its mind. We're ready to go, you know, shit or get off the pot to you. Because it's a weird, it's a weird time of year to let this slip out, right? Mm-hmm. Season's already started for everybody. Yeah. People are like on their teams. You still have the the um, barn racing tour going on. Yep, everyone's just sort of easing into hockey. We're not, you know. Granted, it was around the Heritage Classic, but this has got nothing. The to what? Do with, I'm sorry. <laughs> the the Canadianity celebration. The, um, uh, nobody knew about it except for. Calgary and Winnipeg fans until the day before it happened? Now that's not true. That's not true. You mean the neutral site game that wasn't propped up as a hometown hockey game? Because it can't be. But it could be. No, it couldn't. Different sponsors. Ah. (laughs) Okay, that, that is literally the only argument I've heard. Can it, for for can playing it, a game on Saturday night when you have a built-in package okay. for a Sunday. You know how petty Canadian companies are. Look at Bell and, and Rogers. Right? You can't have our people on your network. You can't have our people on your network. You can't have people on our podcast. You can't have people on our podcast. And You can't and, control this team all by yourself. Right. And you, <laughs> want, you want the... You want the world's, you know, one of the best examples of the world of it is is ice surfing. As they, as they roll around the league, if you've got a game that's being shown on a regional TSN, they'll take the other feed. Well, of Always. And, and, and often they'll bounce between the other two feeds of other games, especially from the States, because what the hell do they care? But... They'll never pick. They'll never pick the the TSN feed, which is fine. You know, I get it. But that's just you know, if if the game is you know if it's Ottawa and um, Ottawa and Montreal and it's on RDS in Montreal, nobody else, then it's a TSN versus a RDS. You're not getting that game on ice surfing. You'll get a score prop, but that'll be about it because they're petty companies. So of course Tim Hortons and Scotiabank, both big names in junior or youth hockey in Canada, don't want to be sharing the same stage for a, a game in Regina. Regina. <laughs> <sighs> so hmm. mm-hmm. I'll leave that one alone now. So who's gonna get a uh uh 
streaming rights for the women's league then? Oh, Disney. Uh, no, right. no, no, it's NHL. They're all well, the they, NHL. Do, they do have the infrastructure. And might I say, NHL.com seems to be working this season. I don't believe it. <laughs> me, me thinks um, the baseball people have taken over control of the site because, oh boy, does it work. It looks an awful lot like MLB.com now. Mm. I, love I love how your bar, your bar is so low with that. <laughs> I know, right? That just functional functionality. Just it's functional. It works. That's Apparently, all you know. but it works. <laughs> it, it's a stick on the ground. That's the bar you have to clear on NHL. And NHL is I... banging into the stick and tripping over it. And <laughs> these other guys come in and go, have you just tried stepping over it? Have you tried restarting <laughs> it, turning it off and turning it back off? <laughs> I, I can neither confirm nor deny that I have run a few um, speed and performance tests <laughs> in the past week. <clears throat> Let's just say it, 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 it almost works like something built in the year 2018. Not 2019, no. But at least it feels like it was something built last year. We're trying to ignore 2019. It doesn't exist. Of course, it's an odd number year. They never exist. Right. Is that like Star Trek movies? Only the even number ones are any good. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, All right, so I guess we got derailed there. <laughs> Who's gonna name no, all the Sutter brothers? I, I, <laughs> Chris, Brent. Oh, oh, you you mean the ones that all played in the NHL, not just you know the ones that they show up during you know. LA Kings games are used to show. Well, see, we would need a ruling as to as to which Sutter brothers we're talking about because there's two generations now, and whether they actually played in the NHL or were drafted by NHL teams, that's another distinction that we would have to figure out. But maybe not right, right now. Because <laughs> if you go with the original six, <laughs> original six Sutter brothers, yes. <laughs> Oh, yes. oh, now there is a t-shirt I will buy. Yes, <laughs> there is a t-shirt I'm going to go make. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Okay, we're done. I'm going to go make that t-shirt before, <laughs> before Jeff Merrick reads my mind and has his wife make one. Um, <clears throat> they don't have time for that. Isn't that baseball season still? The what? No, no, it's it's, it's full blown hockey season. Oh yeah, it's hockey season up there in the north, eh? Um, no, I, I just want to avoid talking about the the NHL, WNHL, as much as I can from now on, because there's no way it ends good for anyone. There's no way it starts good for anyone. Let uh, alone true. ends well. <laughs> True. I mean, it, it ends well for the for the professional women who are going to play and actually, knock on wood, earn a living wage and be able to train and do all of that. Oh, I just had an awful thought. What if 
What if the NHL wants to have a women's league because Sidney Crosby's sister is getting is is getting to that age where she would be playing and they could promote the hell out of her while he is still playing. Damn. You'll notice this. I, I, I want I want to <laughs> say this is an original thought, but it is not. This is I know it's not. <laughs> it just but, reoccurred to me. But maybe, maybe Fanny Rask. Victor Rask's brother can come over to North America and play and just everyone can stop shitting on him for a while because she is a fantastic player. Mm. You meant Victor Rask's sister. No, no, no. no. Fanny Rask's brother is an NHL player. Oh, sorry. Yes, sorry. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) I, yeah, I'm dumb and old and blonde. That's right. And he would have been served well to change back to her number, but he hasn't done it yet. Mm. And it could have helped him along the way. I'm just saying. I, I'm not seeing a good marketing opportunity, not even in Minnesota, for that. <laughs> Does she smile? Because wasn't that his whole Oh, thing? no. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. <clears throat> she, maybe she can change her name to... Her spelling of her first name, so she can appear to be Tuka Rask's sister instead of Victor. <laughs> that might, you know, maybe. Um, yeah, it could be like the Borks, right? Because you had Phil and Ray, and then Gabriel, and they're not related in any way, shape, or form yet for the longest time because Phil and Ray were both in the league around the same time. They always had to say not related every time they said Phil Bork. Mm-hmm. Like when Boston played Pittsburgh, they always had to say not related. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was at the uh, Boston Pride game. <laughs> Warrior Ice Arena. Warrior Ice Arena last week. Except in Boston, it's Warrior. Warrior. I don't know. I can't. I, the accents baffle me here. They they're kind of goofy. Anyway, so um, yeah, I was. There were things that I was like in my head comparing to when I played and comparing to how the NHL does business. And a couple of the things that I thought were interesting was that um, one, the announcers have deliberately gone gender neutral for as many terms as they can. The only one they haven't yet is too many men (laughs) as a penalty. It's like, well, how do you, how do you, gender neutral that too many too players many skaters too yeah. many skaters um <clears throat> but i've also seen like on twitter that a lot of the media are picking up the gender neutral terms for hockey too instead of saying defenseman a lot of people are going to defender so i found that interesting but um the biggest difference in my opinion with the men's game and the women's game is that um the women play a much more straightforward game. They're more likely to shoot the puck towards the net in hopes that somebody will pick it up and put it in the net, while the men won't take a shot unless they have a shot. So there's also less dribbling. Women are more straightforward, and they, they thank God they carry the puck into the zone. There's no dump and chase in, in women's hockey. That won't change. <laughs> They'll get it coached out of them. Probably Paul Mara is actually the uh, the coach for the Boston Pride. Um, he played in the NHL, 
so he hasn't coached it out of them yet. But um, anyway, the other the other interesting thing is because for women they have to wear full face protection. They occasionally get the puck lost in their feet because they can't see their feet very well. Um, but other than that, it was probably the speed was probably about on par with an AHL game. They kind of started out slow in the first and picked up speed as the game went along. But um, but it was really good. It was really entertaining. It, they they are definitely of the get the puck on net. I don't care how mentality instead of the NHL, which is let's set up a pretty play and make a pretty pass and make a pretty shot. That was pretty much it. <laughs> so Stamkos is going to go coach one of these teams next year. Is what you're telling me. Mm, maybe. <laughs> When he gets run out of Tampa for next time he opens his mouth because he won't get run out of Tampa. Cooper will get get uh, traded first. <laughs> He'll get fired. <laughs> I, God, I'd love I'd love for there to be a coach trade. The, somebody actually mentioned that last night on Twitter. That's why I brought it up. Was um, somebody and let me Adam Gretz I think is who it was. Yeah, and. Uh, um, so I was like, I, I really think that coach trades ought to become a thing. Because that would be fun. I can't remember the last time. That there, I know there's been one. Wasn't, was Mike Keenan technically traded? When he went uh, from New York to St. Louis? Or did he just opt out of a contract? I cannot remember that. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head either. I I, I don't remember the details, but it's just one of those nagging little things back there. It's like, this has happened. And be damned if you can remember it. But I'm pretty sure it's happened. Okay, uh, 1987 entry draft. The Quebec Nordiques traded um, Michel Bergeron to the New York Rangers. Rangers. For- for a first round selection in seventy five grand. <laughs> I need more of that. Can we do more of that? <laughs> yes. My God in heaven, I would love to do that. Don't put restrictions on the um, on the the returns because that's what just crushed. Um, you know, front office trades. Well, so no, no, no hits against the cap. So, no. See, I say trade cap space. Let 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 Pierre uh, or um, Eugene Melnick go wild. <laughs> let him trade cap space so he can acquire a, a good. Well, I I think he has a good coach now, but to fit to find his president of hockey operations, mm. let's say. Oh, trade so. front office staff. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Then we end up with the whole San Jose and Minnesota thing. Why not? We could trade yeah. teams. <laughs> then we'd end up with the whole Toronto and Edmonton thing. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you beat trading a franchise player? Well, you trade the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. God. I think that would have to be the limitation is you couldn't trade franchises you could only trade people under contract 
not people on salary, but people on contract on contract. Hey. Total sidebar. Oh. Um total well, sidebar. Let's wish a happy it. birthday to Leon Dreisidel. And let's wrap this up because clearly Pat and I are completely distracted by the game that's on. <laughs> yeah, As I know. see the Smith injury again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I knew that I wasn't coming up with like exciting show stopping like commentaries. So. No, we're just cats with a laser pointer sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> which I was gonna say, we're just like cats with the laser pointer all the time. Which, if you haven't seen the cats movie Twitter account, it follows one thing: mm-hmm. the red laser pointer account on Twitter. <laughs> okay, that's so bravo, bravo. Yes. That's that. Don't think that's still as good as the QFC where they literally followed eleven herbs and then the Spice Girls. Um, <laughs> just still, just the best thing ever. <laughs> So I think you better pull the parachute before I go off on some weird right. thing like I, last time. <laughs> all right. Speaking of weird things, here's a question to end this week on. So I'm pretty sure there are 30 clubs in the NHL that do not like how Eugene Melnick has kind of navigated or operated its cap space. I There's going to be no change to the cap system as we see it. I don't think anyone can negotiate changing it so teams can't do this because eventually players still get paid and it opens up job spots for deserving players. But what if revenue sharing changes to fund this new women's league that may or may not come into existence? So the league owns all, like the NWHL currently, so the league owns all the players. They or or all the teams. I mean, not players. So instead of revenue sharing going to help the bottom, uh, oh, right. yeah, yeah, teams in the men's side, what if it goes to fund the women's side? What would the unintended consequences of that be? Follow us on Twitter at Three B Three Podcast. This has been the Three B Three Podcast, sponsored by Nobody.